Haven interviews are all about capturing people's diverse passions and special skill sets. Bob Garlick and Andrew McGivern chat with local and international specialists to find out what they do and why they do it. Hi, everybody. It's Bob again. My co-host, Andrew, won't be able to make the show today. He's busy being a dad. But I have Stephanie Scott on the line, and she is one awesome lady. Stephanie, I know you're big into communities, but let's have a little bit of background um, that got you to where you are now. Oh, Bob, thanks so much for that really warm intro. That's so sweet. (laughs) So let's see. What got me here? Well, how far back did you want me to tell this? Well, story? just I think just a little synopsis of what you're doing recently because I think if you go too far back, it might get a little bit obtuse. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's all about the story right now. I am and have been a digital strategist for about mm, a couple of years now, 2007 being my first time out there in social media and digital strategy. I spent many years, actually starting in 2000, working on feature films, learning how they tell their stories. And now I am repositioning Wildfire Effect Consulting so that we actually specialize in something called digital storytelling. And what that is, is basically your ability to tell your brand on multiple media channels, but to do it in a way where all of your fans, that would be your audience, your clients, really, really kind of get into the story, know that it's memorable, truly understand what your value is. You know, stories have always been a very important part of culture, sharing knowledge. Uh, before we wrote, uh, people passed down what they people should know from story to story. And I think it's really, really relevant. And I, I think um, organizations that use stories to describe what their goals are makes it a lot easier for people to understand in a very fundamental way what they're all about. So storytelling, how do you tell a story for an organization? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you've been out there in the world of digital, really, really focusing on the way that people have been taking advantage of all these free tools, such as Facebook and Twitter and podcasting. Um, but it seems to me that a lot of individuals are, are jumping in and creating more noise than they are creating an interesting story that their fans really want to hear. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, One of the key components that that have been missing for brands is to remember this one fundamental thing. Your clients, your fans, your audience, they're actually the heroes of the story. So Hmm. when you bring storytelling and the traditional concepts of storytelling where it's a two-way conversation into your brand and value base and your benefit bases, everyone really wants to hear how how it's going to play out. They, they understand exactly how they're supposed to interact. Mm. And it becomes a very simple way of cutting through all of the noise that's out there. Interesting. You know, when you said hero, it really reminded me of uh, an art director I work with when we were doing photo shoots. And he would say, you know, make the product the hero. Make the product, tell the story of the product. And, you know, if you're a photographer, you'd look at the guys like, are you nuts? But really what he was trying to get across is what you were saying. Yeah, and it's so important, especially these days, to remember when you're out there that it's really individuals that are looking for information are really trying to think of how is this going to relate to me? Mm. How is it important to me? How do I fit into the community or the values um, that this product has to offer? So when you make that the point of your story, everybody wins. Yeah, absolutely. So... You know, you've mentioned fans and community. I want, how do you define a fan? What is a community? 
Ah, uh, great. Well, you know what? I've actually been fascinated with fan engagement strategy for several years now. And to my I, I call everybody a fan. That would be the individuals in your company that just love what it is they're doing. So the corporate culture can be a fan for your brand. Your clients can be fans for your brand. Your mom, your sister, your brother who enjoys the passion and the value that you bring are also fans. In my opinion, a fan is an individual that is so excited about what you do, they want to tell other individuals about it. Okay. So really, a, a job of an organization or, or a person that wants to get the word out is to create stories that are going to excite their fans, and the story enables the fan to explain it instead of saying, oh, I got this great camera, and it's got you know these features, and it's awesome, instead of saying, let me tell this amazing story, and it just happened to have this camera is the hero. Exactly. Maybe the camera is the hero, but maybe the individual who's actually taking pictures with that camera is the hero. Mm. And the camera itself is the tool that they need to experiment and, and go on their voyage and their journey. Nice. Well, that makes sense. I mean, as as a consumer, you'd look at that and say, I want to have the same experience that person's having, or I am planning on going on vacation to the same area. Gosh, maybe I need that camera to be able to capture those type of pictures. It's a totally false reality, but that's the way people think. Well, you know, it's funny. The more research that I've done into storytelling and to do it into and bringing storytelling into brands, the more I realize that there's really only about seven types of story archetypes that exist out there. Mm. So my clients, it's really not very difficult to figure out where they fit, what story should they tell. It gives them a structure, and that structure makes it extremely easy to put engaging content out into digital spaces like social media. Mm. Well, it makes sense. Now, let's say we're, we've got our stuff together. We've got some stories. We understand the hero idea. How do we build fans? How, how do we get fans? How do we build our community? Uh, you know, I've always actually fallen into the exact same answer for that. It's, it hasn't changed in the last six years. It's all about understanding what it is your value is. What is it that makes you passionate about the company that you belong to or the product that you're representing? Once you understand that, finding individuals and focusing very specifically down on the, on the individuals that have the same value base is going to be your best opportunity for building a fan base. And one of the one of the things that few people are willing to really understand or kind of take in you should be just focusing on those that are part of your value base you're never going to win over the individuals that aren't so why not nurture the ones that are hmm interesting now if I've got, like, I think one of the major problems with Facebook, uh, with a lot of, well, not Facebook, Facebook and Twitter and a lot of the places, people just get into this uh, card collecting attitudes like, oh, I have 5,000 fans, I have 10,000 fans, I have um, 1,700 people following me on Facebook, I have 2,000 friends. Those aren't really your fans, are they? Those are just people you've collected. What's What's the real difference? I know that a fan is somebody that's, very excited about you, but there must be different levels of fans and, and how to recognize and nurture them from being a so-so fan, somebody that's not outrageously excited about you and slowly building them to become a rabid fan. You know, I actually read a really interesting article. I really wish that I could quote it by heart, but mm. uh, I, it was out there in the internet and it was just brilliant. And it talked about the concept of thinking about fans on an influencer scale. 
Mm. Now, you might collect many individuals that are, uh, some, some call them lurkers, that basically spend time looking at your social media but not really engaging with it. Mm. And then you can, going up a pyramid as such, you'll get to the super fans. These are the ones that will go out and create products and create reasons to talk about your brand. The funny thing is, having one or 2,000 lurkers out there Number-wise, you get a percentage of them that's going to help out your brand. But having five or six super fans out there have such a high level of influence that it's actually better to focus on them or focus on trying to convert individuals who may only sometimes interact with your brand and, and bring them to a higher level. Mm. So really, it's a balance between understanding the influence that your fans can bring to their networks. And you can focus anywhere you like. But in my opinion, try and convert everyone into a super fan or at least the ones that are really going to love your product and only focus on those ones or focus on converting as many as possible to that. So, but what should a company do? Should they uh, use a reward system or should they gamify it? How, 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 I mean, you can't go out there and say, hey, look, I'll give you a bunch of money if you're my, my fan. You can't buy a fan. Um, I guess you can, but they're not really fans. How do you nurture the fan? Um, do you have to do one-on-one conversations with them? What's, what's, what's some of the tips? Well, one of the things that I like to do is go and look at your fan base, whatever you have already, and get to know what it is their, their needs are. They all are hanging out with you learning about your brand, learning about your products for a reason. There might be a solution that they're trying to find. They may just want to be around like-minded individuals, and that's focusing on the value base. Mm. So start asking questions. And when you get one or two or three of them that start to communicate back with you, put them in a very specialized list and nurture them. Nurture them, um, give them swag, tell them how much you love them, promote their ideas Mm. on your social networks, Hmm. what will happen is their influence will actually broaden out and you will eventually get a fan base that loves your product because of the value that it brings to the community. You know, it, it going all the way back to the beginning of this conversation where we were talking about understanding your product or your offering it, that is the bedrock. If you don't really understand, um, in a, a very fundamental way what you're bringing to the market, how can you communicate that to a fan or, or how can you understand who your fans are? Sometimes it's way more fun to find out how your fans think about that product. Ah. You, you yourself definitely went out thinking this is how it's going to get used. This is what I feel is the solution it's going to provide. But sometimes your fans have found different ways of using it. And if you make it a collaborative effort to maybe build something together, you're going to learn a lot more about the broader range of what your product is in the real world. And truthfully, the real answer to those solutions. You know, that reminds me so much of an article I was reading the other day from Canadian Tire. They've just launched this amazing social campaign where they're asking people to apply to become reviewers of their equipment and taking out tents for camping and then coming back, not only saying, hey, this is a great product or I have an idea. How about if we do this? How about if we do that? And then they're saying if it's the idea is accepted, it will be manufactured into the next set of tents. 
Excellent. Yeah, That's very, wonderful. Very cool. And there was a television series. Oh, actually, it's it's the television series Continuum, a mm. certain favorite of mine in the Vancouver area, <laughs> that has um, added its digital strategy into the mix, where you can actually vote how you'd like the last episode of the season to play out wow. by suggesting that a character should act in you know option one or option two and it's just a really easy way of getting a feel for do their fans want to side with the nemesis or do they want to side with the heroes and Mm -hmm. continuum is one of those stories where it could go either way very successfully yeah, actually, I've, I've been watching that series too, and, and it is an interesting uh, twist because it's a, a time thing. You've got time paradoxes, all sorts of uh, interesting story twists you can put in there and still make them relatively believable. There, there was also an interesting article that I was reading today about a um, what's called an alternate reality game Ooh. that Disney is putting on to tell the story of the creators of Disney. It's completely fictional, but what it does is really tunes into the optimist, the idea, the value behind Disney. So they're allowing their fans to interact with a story that really focuses on the value of the brand and not exactly the brand itself. Very fascinating. I'm excited to, to learn more about that particular ARG. Hmm. Why do you think this concept of, of digital storytelling or storytelling for products and services is so important right now or has kind of, uh, it's a tipping point? You know, it's funny because... It's storytelling has always been very, very important, but you know, as new technologies kind of come out, we get really excited about it. We experiment in several different ways, and and we kind of lose sight of the most important part. And in this case, the most important part is why is it? Why is the communication engaging in the first place? Storytelling has always been about two way conversations, and now we actually have the technology to very easily have an interactive experience with our audience. So technology is, has made it easier, and we are, I guess, through that hype period of experimentation, we're now actually focusing down on the things that really count and really work. And storytelling is is seeming to come on top here. Hmm. Doctor Who and I'm Falling Down a Rabbit Hole. What is that all about? (laughs) Um, I'm Falling Down a Rabbit Hole. Um, Well, you know, it's funny. My... When I was trying to think of what my brand story was for Wildfire Effect, I kept coming back to the story of Alice in Wonderland because just like Alice in Wonderland, we have this alien world that's in front of us, all these different types of digital tools that we need to learn about. And we really need guides to assist us in that journey while we find whatever our inner balance is. Mm. So the rabbit hole... Or um, in, in the case, if you go to my site, you'll see the matrix actually becoming more and more prevalent within uh-huh. it. Okay. Is, is the concept of sometimes what you need to do is dive down that rabbit hole and experiment and get a feel for what's out there, only to come out on the other end um, more enlightened and to find your personal balance within Wow, that sounds pretty serious. <laughs> it's seriously fun is what it is. <laughs> um Let's get back to stories because you mentioned earlier on in our chat um, about the different types of stories. And I know we were hanging out in a bar talking about this. And you got really excited about talking, um, getting organizations and saying, you know, you are a Shakespearean, a Shakespearean sonnet or you are a Huckleberry Finn story. Can you explain that for the audience, please? Sure. Um, I guess I'm going to use 
the very common example of the story of Cinderella. Mm. I mean, we all know it, right? Here you have a very a girl with a lot of potential, but because of her situations of rags to riches, she doesn't have an opportunity to meet her Prince Charming. Well, now let's take this into the brand experience itself. Are your clients possibly the type of of rags-to-riches story whereby they have all of this potential to bring out the world, but they just need a little bit of help. Is your product possibly the fairy godmother? If so, let's think about all the different places that we can tell the story of Cinderella. Would Facebook, for example, be that place where you can experiment and meet Prince Charming for the first time? Would Twitter possibly bring you the glass slipper with all of its different articles? Maybe there's a place on the internet where you can have the Fairy Godmother Academy and you can share all of that great knowledge you have to help your clients. Hmm. So it, it really, using stuff like that, it enables people to step away from the day-to-day business concept of what their business is. It's a forest, you know, you can't see the forest because of the trees type of concept and put it into something that's a little bit more abstract like the Cinderella story and then people can have these... Um, I wouldn't say like visions, but um, be able to perceive their organization in an abstract way and then move forward. I think that indeed that's exactly what I believe the archetypes will help my clients and mm. all of the different brands do. But another thing is, I mean, how how many times have you actually decided to go, go with a specific storyline that existed out there and you're putting content out and you get to a point where you're just thinking, I've said it all. I mean, I've talked about my brand. Uh, There's this many colors that we have to offer. I have this um, thing that happened around the office. And and you just feel stuck. You feel like there's no more content you can go to. By pinning it onto an archetype or a story, it really opens up the possibilities of talking about one aspect or one character. um, It's engaging. And you know what? Your fan base understands those stories intrinsically Mm. so they get it really quickly you know speaking of fan bases we have some amazing fans listening to the show and uh i just wanted to ask you what can they do you know for their businesses or for their online presence to improve their story uh well the number one thing to do is understand intrinsically what your your brand value is Mm. what is it that makes you passionate about what it is you do who are the players? Who are the characters within your organization? You can pin it on to a story that you already know about if, if that helps. Um, who's the mentor? Who is the individual that's a bit of the nemesis? Who is it that's you know adding that little bit of tension so that you understand what's happening or, or makes you think in a different way? Then bring it out to the fan bases themselves and say, look, we want to involve you in these stories. So start listening, spending a lot of time asking questions and trying things out with them. Hmm. Stephanie, awesome chatting with you. Hey, where can people find more uh, stuff about Wildfire Effects? Well, the number one thing you can do is contact me directly. And if you're on Twitter, I love to chat at Wildfire Effect. But you can also go to the website wildfireeffect.com where you'll find a lot of free resources as these stories as I start to understand the stories more I'll have some case studies and I've got a section for community now too so if you have a story I want to tell it so contact me there oh I think I will 
great. <laughs> hey, Stephanie, thanks for being on the show. Awesome. Thanks. It's been really lovely. Always good to talk to you, Bob. Okay. We hope you enjoyed the show, and I'm sure you will love our next guest. But until then, visit the website at maveninterviews.com for more information and links to iTunes, Twitter, and other social media platforms. If you would like to leave a message, please call 1-877-636-1474. You never know, it might be you featured on the show. 